Hey, hey, hey. Hey, y'all. How is everybody doing? Do you miss me? <laughs> um, okay. Hi, how are you? This is a bonus episode and I am post-surgery. Can you hear? Do you hear it? Do you hear it? My throat is bone fucking dry, okay? <laughs> like, I'm going to be 100% honest with you. My my throat is bone motherfucking dry, okay? Um, I'll talk about this more. I don't have much time on this one. It's also early in the morning. I, I got to be at work and I got a doctor's appointment. Um, so I decided to pop this, pop this episode out real quick. You know what I mean? I, you know what I'm saying? So I had a great weekend. Everything was great had a long weekend. That's great too. Um, I have been recovering for the past week from my surgery. I got surgery last Tuesday. First day sucked. Uh, second day sucked. Third day kind of sucked, but then it, it progressively got better. Um, I, oh my God, there's so much to this. So what I'll do is I'll save the, all of that for my, um, my next, my longer episode because your girl had, your girl has some issues. Okay. I had issues and they are no longer issues anymore now that I've had this surgery. So that shit is kind of wild. And I feel very grateful, very blessed. I can't even express how much, how much gratitude I have for the results of this surgery. So there's that. I want to take that two minutes to put that in the universe. I'm very, very grateful. Okay. So bonus episode, let's do this shit. Now, what the fuck did I just watch? Um, I just watched for the second time, Perfect World, A Deadly Game on Peacock. Um, I'm an NBC baby. Okay, so I I do have Peacock. <laughs> also get it for free through my cable. Um, I work for NBC as well. But I uh, watched this documentary, probably some point during the pandemic, probably 2021, maybe 2020. Um, and I just found, I found it absolutely fascinating. And I wanted to do a bonus episode anyway. And I was like, you know what, I should do it on a perfect world because I kind of already seen it. And I can kind of just like, you know, regurgitate. I, I remember a lot about it. So but I did watch I rewatched it just to kind of refresh my memory. Um, and so I want to tell you about it today. And I think you all should check it out, especially if you are um gamers and if you understand this world this documentary follows um a group of gamers of this game titled perfect world uh perfect world is a multiplayer online game kind of like final fantasy but uh it's based in asian myths and legends and shit now when i was playing games you could really only go forward and back and what i mean is sometimes depending on the level you couldn't even go back like ain't no wasn't no multi-directional wasn't no up down you know what I mean like you could you could jump okay you could die okay and then you can go forward and back and then if you know you know though Super Mario World uh that game on Super Nintendo growing up as a kid you do that Bowser episode where you're in the castle and it's like all those fireballs and shit that game that level moved so you would get to a point you could get smashed in the shit. Like, anyway, I'm saying I come from a generation. I ain't used to all of this flexibility. Okay. And I don't play games anymore. 
I, I kind of wish I did sometimes, but I don't. Um, but I will tell you, y'all motherfuckers have made games a little too difficult and a, and way too fucking toxic. Like, I don't really have time for how toxic these games are. I've always looked at games as a form of escapism. So let's say hypothetically you're being bullied at school, okay? You go home, you play Crash Bandicoot. That separates you from that bullying for a little while. Now y'all motherfuckers got chat rooms, y'all talking to each other through remote controls. And I ain't trying to talk to nobody while I'm on no game. If you ain't in the room and you ain't playing the game with me, then why am I talking to you? And the last thing I also need is for a motherfucker to be trolling me. Like life is hard enough, y'all. Why do y'all make life hard? Why do y'all make life hard? The last fucking thing we needed in gaming is chat rooms. A bunch of grown ass motherfuckers who are too pussy to say some shit to somebody's face in real life saying a bunch of foul shit over a game. You know what I mean? Like, why are y'all doing that? Why did y'all make games like that? That's, that's stupid. It's stupid. I mean, chat rooms were not even a thing, let alone the Internet. I didn't even have. Come on now. Like, I, I'm a millennial. I grew up half in, half out. I am not. I did not grow up with games that were connected to the Internet. If it was connected to the Internet for anything, by the time we got to like Dreamcast, the later PlayStations and shit, we, we that shit was for updates. Why am I fucking talking to body on that shit? Now, don't get me wrong. I'm not saying there hasn't been a part of the community where people were doing that. I'm not saying that there's always geeks that can manipulate it. They can make it. They can suit it. And, and make it work for how they want it to work. But that was a small, very, very, very small microcosm of motherfuckers. The average people that were playing games just wanted to play the game, you know? And when I look at gaming, I look at a form of escapism. It's like a movie, except you have more control. I'm not trying to sit up here and talk and argue with a bunch of bitches and hear people calling me all types of names and all types of niggas and shit. And then y'all be racist on that too. Y'all wildin'. Anyway, within perfect world, gamers have the ability to create their own servers. So one could like create like one was created and you can kind of like manipulate the characters. You can like, you know, make the characters do whatever you wanted them to do outside of the perfect world structured system. And so this server was created. It was called Perfect World Void, where a person could just fight the players. Okay, that's normal. That's fine. That's not a problem. You know, you sometimes you don't want to play the storyline. Um, now, apparently, this is a message. There was also a message service available, which I'm like, why do we need this? Why do I need to message anybody? I got a phone. Anyway, so people would message each other on this service called Discord. Um, and Discord was so users could communicate with uh, one another. Now, basically, all they would do on this motherfucker is antagonize the shit out of each other, troll each other, use the platform to be racist, sexist, and all the other bunches of is that they're fucking are. Now, one day while on the game, a bunch of users get this message from this kid that they know to be a big old dick. He went by the name of Minhas. Now, one user, Nicole, um, she is also a central character in this documentary. She said that, quote, everything that Minhas says was obscenely fucking racist. It's interesting, too, because a lot of these kids are very self-aware. Like they understand that they're less cool. They understand that there's, you know, the geeky bunch. They understand that the, this act of trolling that they gauge is, is like some pussy shit. And it's a big part of the community because they don't have the balls to say the things that they are able to say over the Internet to a motherfucker in their face because they know that they will get their ass beat. So what they do is they use these platforms to be vi to be just vile and nasty and disgusting towards un each other. And they understand this and they engage in it anyway. 
Now, Minhas would get banned, come back, get banned again and come back. So one day, Minhas, he writes in the chat, he says, going to kill my parents and go to jail, yo, which I'm like, stop using, yo, that ain't, that's not yours. That's not yours. Stop using yo. Then he proceeds to post a photo of a dead woman's bleeding, of dead woman's body bleeding on the floor with the message, quote, this is my mom. I'm going to give you a moment. moment. <clears throat> yes. Now, of course, they all thought it was a troll because he's a troll. They didn't really know what to think. Then he sends another picture of his grandmother. Now, at this point, the other users are questioning if these pictures are even real. So they do a reverse Google image lookup, which is also a dope feature, by the way, um, where you can like just take a piece of a photo and you could search it in Google and it will look up the photo to see if there are any other photos online. Now, they were hoping that he just found some gruesome crime scene photo somewhere and is acting like they're his family members because he's an asshole. But nay, nay, they came up with nothing. Nicole, who, by the way, is a criminal justice student, she slips into her role real fast. Now, she and a few other people decide to call the police. But of course, the police are like, who the fuck is this dude? They don't know. They only know his username. So the police kind of like they don't take them seriously. They think they're being trolled. So what ends up happening is it ends up being a global effort. We talking kids from Romania, Egypt, the U.S., Belgium, Israel, Costa Rica, all on this site. They tried to get together to figure out who this motherfucker is. So there was this one dude. He went by the name of Junior. He was also a troll and apparently Minhas's only friend. He lived in Costa Rica. Nicole and others ask him, they're like, yo, could you reach out to Minhas? You know what I mean? Because we need to figure out who he is. What the fuck is going on? Why is he posting these pictures? We reverse look this shit up. It looks like this may low key be his family. So what they knew about him, um, based on his name, they were like, okay, well, he's Bengali. They knew he was from Bangladesh. That was kind of it. And so, They reach out to the friend in Costa Rica, Junior, who's also a troll and apparently Minhaz's only friend. And Nicole and the others, they're like, just do that and let us do this because we we don't have much information. And he seems to only really talk to you for real, for real. So mind you, they don't even know where he's from. They don't have any real ways to identify this man. So finally, Junior gets the reply after messaging him and messaging him and not getting anything, you know, basically trying to, you know, uh, like hey I'm your friend hey this hey that like just trying to kind of just like gussy up to him to get him to tell him things you know he's he's like saying things like you know I I know that you know things are hard right you know what I mean just trying to like therapize he's like how can I make this how can I make him tell me what I need to, to he's trying to manipulate the situation basically so what they end up doing 
is they end up trying to like search through chats because I guess just like any other messaging site, you can look back in your chat history and you can see what chats, you know, maybe he said something that would identify, maybe tell them where his location was, maybe if they knew what his last name was or whatever, just to kind of find like anything that may have slipped in his text messages that would help them identify them. So identify him so they can contact the authorities. Now, finally, Junior gets a reply and he says, quote, this may upset you, but I did it. What they did know was that he was EST, Eastern Standard Time. So they knew that he was in North America. So they tried to track his IP address. Now, the dude that is running Void, the administrator of Void, was able to to connect Minhas to his location in Toronto because Technically, he has like the I guess like the old IP data, you know, from the times that he has signed in. So that helped, but it could narrow it down to an exact location. Eventually, this motherfucker signs back into the game and starts playing the game. This is helpful because now they are able to get a precise IP address. And with a precise IP address, they're able to get a precise location. So when they got the address, they got an address to a building in Toronto, but it wasn't his house. It was the ISP. They had basically, um, I guess this is how the internet worked. His IP was connected, had pinged off of the internet server, the internet service provider. So they had the information for the service provider, the address for the service provider. They did like a, a Google, um, maps or whatever to see what the building was and all this other shit. So they keep trying. In the meantime, Minhas posted one more picture telling him that he killed his sister. Now, the clock is fucking ticking. He plans to finally kill his father in the next hour when he arrives home because his father, I guess, was away or at work or something like that. And so he basically tells them, but when my dad arrives home, I'm going to kill him. So finally, they contacted a member on Discord that lived in Minnesota. That member called the local police. They redirected him to the Toronto police who were able to file an emergency request with Discord to release the identifying information about Minhas. They got his IP address that was powered by Rogers, which is apparently a service in Canada. And the detectives were able to get Minhas's physical address. Now, turns out, as I was like reading articles about this, there's another account, and this is according to the Independent Canada, and apparently Vice had the same report. Quote, the account in Perfect World, a deadly game differs from one given to Vice by Discord users in 2019. In that account, the person behind Menhaz's account asked for money via PayPal, which enabled the community to look up previous payments made from the same PayPal account, as well as a home address. This echoes a Toronto Life article, which, like Vice's report, says it was a gamer named Bianca who found Menhaz's home address through his PayPal account and gave it to the police over the phone. So regardless, whether whichever story is true, On July 28th, when the police arrived to Castlemore Avenue near Mingay Avenue and southwest of Major McKenzie and Drive East and Markham Road, I don't know what type of address that is. I don't know what type of address that is. They found Feroza Begum, who was 70, Zaman's grandmother, 
Maniruz Zaman, his father, who was 59, Melissa Zaman, his sister, who was 21, and Momotaz Begum, his mother. I don't have her age. The suspect's name was Minhaz Zaman. He was 24 years old. Now, he would later plead guilty to murder, and he received a life sentence with no chance of parole for 40 years. The modem, you may be asking, what's the motive? Why would anybody do this? Huh? Why would anybody do this? Quote, prior to the murders, Minhaz's family believed he was studying engineering at York University in Toronto. CT News report, CTV News reported this. Instead, he had dropped out after two semesters in an electronics engineering program at Seneca College. According to Toronto Life, on the night of the murders, Minhaz suggested he had acted because the date of his supposed graduation was approaching. Writing on Discord, it's been my plan for three years. Literally told my parents my uni graduation was July 28th. I couldn't have delayed it any longer. He reportedly added, I did this because I don't want my parents to feel the same, to feel the shame of having a son like me. And I am a pathetic coward and a subhuman. Since I am an atheist, I believe there's no afterlife. So I was scared to die and I wanted them to die. So they didn't suffer knowing how much of a pathetic subhuman I was. It's all very selfish. I'm just pathetic. Well, at least he knows. Well, at least you know. Because, you know, the fact that that is a reasonable response to that just goes to fucking show how much stress other cultures feel when it comes to being educated. See, you know... It's easy being black sometimes because people's expectations of us are so minimal, you know, unless you're African, of course, but their expectations of us is so fucking minimal that half the time, the only people that we are, we threaten to disappoint is ourselves. (laughs) That sounds fucked up, but it's true. I'm not lying. You were so whatever about being a loser, apparently, that you thought that murdering your parents, your sister, your grandmother was a logical step? That, that is, that's the part that be confusing me about y'all. Like, look, I'm arrogant, whatever. I'm a I'm arrogant. I'm not even gonna lie. I tend to to think very, very highly of myself. I, I do. And I think that most people should. The expectation I have on myself is stronger than any expectation that any other human being could truly ever have on me. So when I think about disappointing a motherfucker, I'm usually more concerned about disappointing myself. I was just having this conversation with my therapist and we were talking about how important it is to truly make sure that how you speak to yourself in your head is the same, if not better 
than how you speak to others. The biggest problem with Minhas, in my opinion, is that he was an asshole and he was an asshole to other people as well. So believe me, if the things that he's able to say on the Internet are terrible to other people that he don't know and he don't know what's going on in their house and he don't know what problems they have and he don't know the shit that they have to deal with with their family and family members and shit for him to be able to be so nasty towards them just goes to show how he speaks to himself that's just my opinion how you speak to others is a direct reflection of how you speak to yourself I have been putting a lot of energy in recent months, let alone years, still in months, in changing the dialogue that I have with myself. And when you, when, if I can be so kind to a waitress, a bartender, a girl that works at Target, why am I being nasty in my head? Why am I being nasty to Brittany? So my opinion of this whole fucking thing is that make sure that those two things match. And if they don't match, then adjust them. And his biggest thing was, yeah, he was nasty on that gang, but you best believe he was also nasty to himself. And I can tell you too, that there's a likelihood, don't get me wrong, he's also bang, he's also Bengali. You know, I do understand that culturally when it comes to education a lot of a lot of them are hard on their kids and I do understand that um but I think the biggest issue here is the fact that have you did you have that conversation with your parents did you know how to communicate that what what type of parents did he truly have you know as I was looking into his parents they they immigrated you know to Canada from Bangladesh in the late 80s you know he was the eldest um and his sister was the second he was a he was basically just an average kid but he was the family's golden child and that level of pressure that comes from that um, with being the one to, you know, that everybody's kind of relying on in a way you are, you are the first American born, you, you need to represent us and you need to do this. And you need, so you would rather, you would rather be a murderer though. You know, you would rather be a murderer. So you can't deal with the shame that you chose to drop out of college, but you can deal with the shame of telling a detective, by the way, I killed four of my family members. That's more devastating than not having a college degree on any day. And, and you're probably like, oh, well, if he wasn't in school, where the fuck was he? He spent his days at a mall and he was going to a community gym when his, his family thought that he was in classes. I, you know what it also reminds me of? My, 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 reminds me. What it reminds me of that uh, a little bit is God, I can't remember the documentary, but it was on that guy. He's like this white dude. He ends up killing his wife and his two kids. And it was partially because he ended up, excuse me, he ended up getting a new chick that was like this yoga, yoga, yoga instructor or some shit. And she was like, 
you know, she had kind of like got him all into himself where he was like losing weight. He was basically having an affair. And instead of just dealing with the negative repercussions of having an affair, he rather deal with the negative repercussions of murdering his wife. How? How do you, how do we get there? I don't understand y'all processes. I don't understand how that is the next logical fucking step. I don't understand. So anyway, this is, this is a bonus episode. I did, you know, I don't have much time. I got to go work, but I did want to pop this out real quick. And I honestly, you know, um, I just, I watched it and I was like, I got to share this. So I hope you all enjoyed this bonus episode on a perfect game. Please check it out. It's on Peacock. So if you have, um, if you have motherfucking uh, Xfinity, you should be able to see it. You know, you should be able to see it for free. Um, because uh, Peacock's av- available, I think still for people who, I don't know, I be paying for shit, don't even be knowing for real. So you can't even really take my word for it. But yeah, so I hope you found this educational and I hope you uh, think about your choices after this because you motherfuckers be doing the exact opposite of anything that makes sense in my eyes. I don't understand how y'all get to these to these steps. I'm going to end this with this. When shit is getting weird, right? And you don't know what to do. Take a step back. Reassess your situation. Weigh the fucking pros and the cons. Do not just go into the situation being like, I'm just kill everybody. Y'all got to stop doing that shit. That shit is weird, dude. That shit's weird. I don't know if you need anybody else to tell you, but that shit is weird. It's weird. So I'm going to end this with this. And I hope y'all have a wonderful motherfucking week. The sun is out. Y'all need to chill straight up. All right. I love y'all though. I'll catch y'all on the next episode. I don't know what it's about, but the universe will bring it to me soon. (laughs) All right. I'll catch y'all soon. Bye. (laughs) 